Welcome to Kaiju Carnival, where we explore the worlds of horror, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm Jenny. And I'm Justin. And if you guys have never listened to us before, me and Jenny, we're just two dorks that love watching movies. So every week we pick a movie, we watch it, and we talk about it. So hopefully you'll join us, but be warned. There's spoilers ahead. And we love movies so much that we make short films. Check us out on our YouTube channel, Kaiju Carnival. Hey, Justin. Before we start, I'd like to let everyone know that we have a new email, kaijucarnivalconnect at gmail.com. Yeah, so definitely all you guys out there listening, shoot us recommendations of movies we can watch. We know that we have a lot of fans around the world, and we love watching movies from other countries. So reach out to us and let us know. I know we got a lot of fans in the Netherlands. Uh, so we have you know the typical streaming apps, uh, Shutter, Amazon Prime, Netflix, stuff like that. So if there's something on there you think we should check out, let us know. Can't wait to hear from you. This week, we watched the 2022 horror film, The Twin. Not to be confused with Twins, starring Dan DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. 1988. Did you look it up? I did. So, that was probably one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid. I don't think I've ever watched it. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, I man. do. I do remember them having, like, matchy-matchy white suits, though. Yeah. Um, because they're such huge height difference. I mean, I feel like we have to review that movie now for the podcast. <laughs> it's not really sci-fi, horror, fantasy, but I feel like you probably should see Twins you know, at one point in your life. Uh, I will. I'll put that in my schedule. But anyways, back to the movie that we actually watched this time around, The Twin. So, if we're going to describe this film one hour into the film, um, this is what I would say about the story. The story is about a couple who recently lost one son who were twins, and the wife is convinced that the devil himself is trying to take over him. But then at the end, I came to another conclusion about this film, which was, it's a story about a husband's love for his wife who has gone completely insane. <laughs> what do you think? Pretty fair. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's a confusing movie. I would say that it tricks you until the very end, and then it's very clear what has happened. I don't think I've ever been so uh, betrayed by a film <laughs> like this film. Yeah. Yeah. They did such a good job of convincing us of one thing that just wasn't there. Yeah. You know, so really you are in her shoes for most of the movie, you know, believing that her son was being possessed by the devil. Yeah. And it's so weird because at, whenever they were running with that line with the, the demon possession, I, or it's actually, it's not demon possession. It's like... It's like a switcheroo, right? With the de with demon, with, at, the, with the devil himself. At one point, they say it's a resurrection of the devil. Yeah. So I was like, oh, great. Another horror film about the devil, <laughs> you know? Right. And then I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. At the end. Well, let, let's go through all the stuff that kind of tricks us along the way, right? Okay. First off, what time period do you think this movie takes place in? I thought it was pretty modern. Um, if you look at their, their style. See, I, I didn't think so because they're all older cars. Mm -hmm. There's no cell phones. Uh, the dad's reading like a newspaper at the table. You don't see a TV throughout the entire movie. And Helen has like a phone in her house that's on the wall, you know, like a corded phone, like old school. Wait a minute. Helen is also like 
70, maybe 80 years old. Uh, fair, fair point. Fair point. <laughs> I think it's one of those like rotary. Is that what they call it? Rotary phone? Yeah, I think it was. It may have not been a rotary phone. I don't know. But it's been a very long time since I saw a corded phone. It's, it was an extended long cord. Yes. Though. <laughs> um, so to, to me, I don't know when this movie takes place. I'm guessing like 80s or 90s. But there's there's no telling, and it's really not important to the story. I like that. I like that detail, though. I didn't even think about the fact that they didn't have cell phones because I think nowadays it's just so normal to have, you know, a mobile phone. Right. Um, but I like I like that they didn't include any of technology in here. Yeah, because there's no looking stuff up on the internet or calling for help or mm-hmm. anything like that. You know. Mm-hmm. So let's get into the stuff that tricks us throughout the movie okay so everyone in the village stares at the mother yes right and it really gives you this vibe of they're all in on it Mm -hmm. but then it's so obvious you know with the big reveal in the end that it was all in her head that they were just puzzled by why she was acting this way Mm -hmm. you know the other side other way to look at that is that they're americans in Finland. Yep. Um, and she is she doesn't speak Finnish. So in a way, I was I thought like, oh, these these people are probably staring because they're like they're just observing her. Like yeah. this American girl, you know, that only speaks English. The way they were staring at her though was like not because we both travel a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not typically how you get stared at uh, being a foreigner in a country. Yeah, it's a little, it was in a rude, rude, like, way. Like, because if you stare, maybe you might have, like, a smile on your face. I don't even know if it was a rude way or if it was just, like, a very, like, strange way to look at somebody. Yeah, it was very straight, yeah. straight stares. The other thing, speaking, you know, talking about her not speaking the language, mm-hmm. when they go to the doctor's office mm-hmm. and the doctor is speaking to the husband and they're not speaking in English. And I'm I was sitting there and I'm like, why he speaks English? Why isn't he speaking English? Mm-hmm. Well, because he's talking about her, you yeah. know? Yeah. Again, something that's super obvious in the end of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, in that scene, it was funny because she did that whole like, you know, when you talk to a foreign someone who is not speaking your native tongue, and she was trying to spell it out like, "We need help," you know. Yeah. And then the fact that he spoke English, it kind of was like, "Oh, I don't know if the doctor was rude because he's like." you know, like talking in secret. Yeah. So. But it turns out there was a reason they were doing that. Yeah. The way that Helen reacts to her when she takes her to her house to, to rescue her child. Uh-huh. And Helen's like, you're sick, you know? Uh-huh. And the look on Helen's face was like a look of betrayal almost. Uh, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And it was it was such a great moment. It's probably my favorite moment in the film. So another dead giveaway that totally got me was when she picked up the photos uh, from the photo development place and mm-hmm. took them home and there was nobody on the swing. And I was like, oh, shit, like her, her son's like full blown possessed, you know, because Helen's husband had that picture where his face was all blurry. Yeah. And in reality, Helen was actually like the village, like, you know, odd person. Yeah. Because she had me convinced. You know, when 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 
she went over to her house and they were talking about the devil and circles and all that shit. Right. Um, yeah, I I really need to be careful to stay away from cults because I think I would easily be tricked into joining a cult. And then like a year later, I'd be like, I think I'm in a cult right now. <laughs> It was like by accident. That would yeah. be a great book. Because How I joined the cult by accident. Yeah, because looking back on all the stuff Helen was saying, it's all like crazy shit, you know? Like talking about circles and the devil and her husband was possessed. You know, if I met someone like that in real life, I'd be like, I gotta go, you know? <laughs> well, that was, I mean, that was Rachel's reaction, right? That, that was her, that was her reaction. initial reaction, but then yeah. she bought into it. Right. You know, man, with all the evidence now looking back, I'm kind of wondering if my detective instincts are just broken because it seems so obvious now. It, but they did such a good job of they, tricking us. They did. Yeah. Okay, because now I think about it, Helen's reaction to the photos. Yep. Helen, because was a little bit like startled. Yeah, she that, was like, "There's nothing there." Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's. The the one part of the movie that I, I don't understand, and really, this movie makes me question what was real and what wasn't real. Mm -hmm. But after Helen has that great reaction to her son not actually existing, mm -hmm. and she walks out and everyone in the village is there, and she takes out her gun and fires the gun, yeah. I don't understand that part. I don't know if that was imaginary. I probably would have left it out just because... I feel like it would have been perfect if Helen had this like reaction and then like fled, you know, because then it's like, what did what did Helen see? You know? Yeah. Um, well, now it makes me think, though, that Helen, maybe what she because she thought it was all about the devil. Yep. So I don't know who the gun was actually for. Maybe for her son. This, I don't know. Well, because she was convinced there was like a cult in the town, right. you know, that was right. trying to do all this. So I, I can see why she would bring the gun. Yeah, I guess so. So actors in this movie, Helen is definitely a standout for me. She did a fantastic job. Just that scene when she realizes that there's no child is just so good. Yeah. You know, and those night terrors that she's having, you know, she, she, killed it and really the father to me up until like the last 30 minutes of the movie i was like oh he's not really doing much you know mm -hmm. but now looking back on it and tying it all back together and his acting in like the last 30 minutes of this film mm -hmm. that guy killed it too yeah 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 because he was very disconnected throughout the film yep um i loved uh rachel like i thought she i don't know it was like she was you knew she was going in and out, like with her dreams and reality. So I was really kind of like, you know, with her in this dream, like her her dream reality world, right? And she really did carry the movie. I mean, you kind of even like the way that she looked, she kind of had this like sickly under eye thing going because she was going through, she was going through like this like grieving. So you really felt so bad for for Rachel right you know and then um she was a she was a she was a great character that really like tricked me and I'm kind of mad at that but it's okay <laughs> yeah they all did great man yeah something that stands out to me how they filmed this movie was the wedding uh, swing scene mm -hmm. you know because they filmed it and edited it in a way that made you feel the same anxiety that she was feeling on the swing yeah 
Yeah, she had, it was almost film like she had like a GoPro attached to her swing or whatever, and you could feel the nauseous kind of swinging motion. Yeah. Just because of the way the camera was. Yeah. And then um, she had that you know, episode of like her like flashback of the accident that caused her to just collapse, which I mean, I was like, that's really uh, lucky to just like slump over when you're in like an action swing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, can you imagine if, if it gone like another way where she actually fell off the swing? Yeah, that would have been really bad. <laughs> but now, so that was also a moment in the film where I, I was like, oh, her husband's in on it, you yeah. know, because the way that he was acting on the swing was so over the top almost, you know, like he was really enjoying that swing. And yeah. looking back on it now, I think maybe he was trying to play it up. Because he's trying to, like, snap her out of it. That's the whole reason that they moved to this place, you right. know? So, maybe he was trying to be like, oh, no, the kid's fine, you know, whatever. First off, terrible idea to go along with your wife thinking that the kid is still alive. Um, because that also... I think that that's the main thing that threw me off yeah. is because he was pretending like, like the kid existed, too. Right. You know, when they first get to the house and the, the kid runs off and he's like, you know... Where are you? You know, I forgot the kid's name now. Elliot? Elliot, that's yeah. right. And, man, just looking back on it now, him sitting um, in that room crying when she's playing with Elliot and here, like, just the look on his face when they're interacting together, you know? But, I mean, you think, though, that they're just grieving. Like, yeah. They're, they're grieving in their own different ways. Yeah. That's Yeah, it was like... Very convincing. Him getting angry, you know, at the typewriter. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing that makes me think that this is not a modern age film is he's using a typewriter. Oh, yeah. I did yeah. think about that. <laughs> no, because, I mean, sometimes people, writers like typewriters. So. Yeah, that's true. People do like typewriters. Yeah. So. For the sound design for this movie, I noticed that they use a lot of those like bassy horror tones mm -hmm. that cut to like complete silence. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought it really built a lot of tension in the there's only really one jump scare in this entire movie. And that's during the seance scene, you know. I, I would say it's a seance. It's not it's kind of yeah, seance ish. It's, it's a you yeah, know? a child directed seance, yeah. Yeah, uh, first off, horror <laughs> horror movie rule. If a child is ever leading you in a seance, don't do that. <laughs> That's a big no no. Um there was a scene that I actually had to like stop the movie because I was like and it's it's bad when you're like, well, I have to finish the movie because yeah. I can't do a review. But um, when Helen was having her, like, she hears something, she doesn't turn on the lights. She goes to investigate the noise. And then, I mean, it is her own house. It was intense, though. So I was like, no, no. You know? like, Dude, I was positive she was about to get killed. Yeah. And then the sound of, like, opening up the, cur the curtains, the shower curtains. Yep. You know? And then I don't know exactly. Exactly what happened. She went to look in the mirror and then I don't know, she was like crying, screaming, something happened. And then it cut to the next scene. Yeah, it almost sounded to me like she was getting sick or something. Yeah. Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, really, with the mother and Helen combined, you know, you have two people that are um, 
having, you know, a psychological issue. Yeah. Because Helen believes her husband was possessed by the devil, which in reality, he's probably not. She's probably actually just the oddball in the village uh, that believes in that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, but but with those two combined, man, they had me convinced up yeah. until like up and up until I think when I saw the photos, I was kind of like, I I feel like I had a hunch the whole movie that something was off, though. I'm trying to figure out why I thought something was off. Mm. Because, like, in the back of my mind, I was like, okay, like, her kid doesn't exist, mm-hmm. right? It started out slow, you know, it was, like, probably, like, 20, 80, you know, that the devils, you know, but, like, toward... But even at the end of the movie, I was like 90, 10, her kid doesn't exist and 10% like, or maybe they're tricking me again because they just did such a great job at tricking me throughout this. So my favorite scenes were definitely the wedding swing scene Mm -hmm. uh, for all the reasons we already talked about. And the seance scene, super creepy. Mm -hmm. Never let a kid lead you in a seance. First off, never do a seance. But that was a pretty unique seance-ish scene, yeah. you know, because I've never seen that before with the single candle and then it's like, move the mirror, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, and they had the advantage because they were twins, supposedly, yep. right? So, I thought we were going to see something else. Oh, she, he was like, look at me in the mirror. I was yeah. like, don't do that. Yeah. Don't look at him in the mirror. Well, and then know? it was the, you know, the uh, Helen having, at the same time, having the dreams. Yep. I mean, come on now. That is so convincing because she's it's like. very convincing. Yeah, because it's a simultaneously having, like, being able to almost see what's happening over there on Rachel's side. Yeah. You know, so. And then one of my other favorite scenes was when Rachel's looking through the film in the bathroom and she's like having a meltdown in yeah. there. You know, I was like, oh my God, the kid doesn't exist or the, the kid's not in the photo. So I was like, does he not exist? Or like, is like, he's just way possessed, you know, like something bad is really happening here. Yeah. So. And that scene with Helen, with, with when Helen finds out that there's no kid, was like awesome. Yeah, her expressions were were really good. Yeah, um, I actually liked uh, the scene with uh, Helen trying to convince Rachel that you know this whole devil theory exists. Yep. And um, you know, I thought it was interesting that Rachel had. You know, she had her own uh, reality that she now believes in. And then this over here is Helen is trying to convince Rachel of this new, like, you know, her devil theory. And it was just like, it's so funny that Rachel was not receiving that very well at the, in, the, in that scene when they're at the house. And uh, but like Rachel was like trying to leave and Helen was like, you know, trying to put put this into Rachel's mind. Um, I thought that was a pretty powerful scene. Yeah. So overall, man, I love this movie. Like I said, I haven't been tricked like this in a very long time. Mm-hmm. This is a movie I will definitely recommend to other people. And I almost want to go back and watch it again to try to pick up on more stuff that I probably didn't notice the first time around. That's just like dead giveaways, you know? Mm-hmm. So they, man, such a good job convincing us and then just spinning our world around. Yeah, this movie was was refreshing because, like I said, never been... I mean, I always get tricked, but this was like a pretty severe trickery happening. Right. You know? Um, I felt like it was a, um, like a, a movie that was kind of a combination of a bunch of different types of films. Um, but, 
it and it was weird because it wasn't even like uh, like an M Night Shyamalan, you know, type of a twist. It was even better than that because yeah. a lot of I don't think that it happens a lot in like true horror films, you know. But yeah, I would definitely also recommend it to um, my friends that are into horror because this was really good. It is so hard to trick people these days, mm-hmm. and I think that they nailed it because they're tricking us. And I think part of most people that are watching this, they're like, "No, I I think the kid doesn't exist." But you're not 100% sure, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's one of those, it's not like a complete like shocker in the end, mm-hmm. but the whole movie, you're like second guessing yourself. You know, it, it, it's probably, you know, what the dad was feeling and what, well, the dad knew that the kid didn't exist, obviously, but what the mother was actually feeling throughout, you know, because she had those moments in the end where she's like, shit, the kid doesn't exist. And oh no, now the kid's back, right? Yeah. And then the kid doesn't exist. Oh no, now he's back, right? And the very end of the film, you know, it's the husband and two kids in the car. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And by the way, there was a, there was a picture of Nathan's, uh, like photo above Nathan's bed at the very end of the film when we see the twins Mm -hmm. I was like I thought the photo was like Photoshop but that child actually looks just like the photo yeah he he looks a little scary to me well it's the same kid (laughs) no I know but the the photo was like almost different different hairstyles yeah yeah yeah. so it was uh, did you like the way the, the film ended I did. Made me a little sad because the father died and he was like trying his best to help his wife. But I thought it was good. Great twist. I loved the ending. Like it was it was sad. But at the same time, it was like this is how she's coping with her situation. Yeah. And she is now completely insane. And she's going to move live her life with a family that doesn't exist. Right. You know, but I thought it was it was it ended perfectly. (laughs) Hey guys, thanks for joining us this week on Kaiju Carnival. Make sure you check out our Twitter, at Kaiju Carnival, to see what we're watching next week, so you can also watch it and join us to see if we all had the same thoughts. And follow us on Instagram, Kaiju underscore Carnival. We'll see you next week. Mata ne!